Hallelujah. Amen. I believe we've had a very good week. We want to just clap for Jesus. We want to just clap for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has been good to us. You know, sometimes, even if you are in a down place or you feel that God hasn't has left you or forsaken you, it's just great to still ple- to still clap and praise him because God has still been good. So it doesn't matter if you felt your week didn't go on well. We want to give a shout. We want to clap. You can stand up and you can shout for Jesus and you can give God all the praise. Hallelujah. I was noting all those who didn't clap. I'm going to ask you questions right now. So for the last time, we want to give God some praise here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God has been good to us. And before we start, we have some testimonies today too. But let me invite Nee to give us a spoken word poetry. It's Nee here. Let's can invite Nee to start off. You can clap for him as he comes on stage. Okay. He can use the microphone on stage. I used to cheat God like the forwarded messages my mom sends on WhatsApp. I never really took him seriously. If you ask me the top three boring books, number one would be the Bible, number two would be the Bible, and number three would still be the Bible. I mean, reading one verse just put me to bed. I never understood anything that I read. I never wrote down what Uncle Biju said, so I chose to fast than make the Bible my daily bread. I mean, who's Paul, and how dare he tell me my life is not my own? but belongs to Jesus. No, Jesus could have all of me after I'm dead. But in the meantime, there's too many good movies to be watching sermons. There's too many good books to be reading only the Bible. And there's too many good songs to be listening to only gospel. And like a car without fuel, my prayer life was going nowhere. No, don't get me wrong. I was an athlete in prayer, always running out of things to say. My prayer life would have probably been more than five minutes a month. If God came to stand in front of me whenever I prayed and stopped my mind from diving into a sea of thoughts made of movies, football, and girls. I treated my devotion like I treated school. I knew it was necessary, but I was never in the mood for it, so I never looked forward to it. But lucky for me, there was no spiritual report card, so no one could see I wasn't a serious student. No one could see I wasn't a serious Christian. No one could see that long before Corona, I was already wearing a mask everywhere I went, hiding from the world the addictions that threatened to take my mind, hiding the hate I felt for myself, hiding the graveyard in my heart that made me feel dead inside. I searched for my worth. I searched for my worth in people's opinions, and people's opinions became the sand I used to bury my self-esteem. So. Without asking permission for my feelings and ignoring every excuse I gave myself, I gave God a chance to take this mess and make it into a masterpiece. I no longer gave him the leftovers of my time, but I made time for him and I marveled at what DC did to my Christian life. I marveled at what DC did to my Christian life. Discipline and consistency. I know. (laughs) 
my spiritual man grew an appetite and a five minute prayer wasn't enough anymore at first five minutes used to feel like one hour and now one hour feels like five minutes who knew worshiping god could feel this good who knew the pleasure from secular songs was only a shadow of what gospel songs had to offer the bible opened up my eyes and i got goosebumps when i realized how much of god i was missing out on yeah. <sighs> on my own alone in my room i found my new best friend he wasn't a device but i called him my pc my personal companion he was always monitoring me and because of him everything i did clicked his love for me was more certain than my very next breath. He freed me from struggles I was helpless to and filled up the emptiness I had become used to. And he can do the same for you too, if you give him a chance to. Thank you very much. Just clap for him. That was a great spoken word poetry by me. Thank you very much. If you are good in poetry, see Auntie Gina, see Uncle Wilhelm, and join the team. We want to start with our testimonies. And our first testimony is with Lois. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'd like to thank God and thank everybody for this opportunity to share my experience. Um, last week, Sunday, after service, I went home and then in the afternoon, I, I started feeling heavy in my heart, like I was so sad. And I didn't know why, because there was no reason for me to feel sad. So I prayed to God about it, and I was like, God, help me deal with this thing. Then I went through my other routines. Then in the evening, after I had done everything, I was in my room, and I was listening to a song, uh, and it's titled Lord Send Revival by Hillsong, Young and Free. And as I was listening to, it, listening to it, initially I was texting, and then I still had that heaviness in my heart, so I decided to put the phone away. And then now I was paying more attention to the song, so I sang along, and I was meditating on the lyrics. And the, the part I was meditating on was the bridge of the song. It goes like, Lord, send revival, Lord, send it now, a move of your spirit, heaven break out. Come now in power and cover this land like you've done it before, would you do it again? So those were the lyrics I, I kept on repeating. And as I continued singing it, I heard in my spirit, you want to see a revival, but what are you doing? Then at once I just broke into tears and I was crying. Initially it was little sobs. I didn't want my sister to realize because she was in the room with me. But I couldn't control it anymore, and I, I started crying loudly, so she ran to get my parents. And as I was crying, I heard Jesus tell me that um, a lot of people are dying without getting to know him, and a lot are already dead and are in hell. Then I saw Jesus, and then when I saw him, he showed me visions of hell. And I know we've all heard people share their experience on things they've seen in hell and stuff, but hey, hey, if you see, you don't have to see before you know how serious it is. And I saw people in serious torment. It's not something you'd wish for someone you don't even like. So when he showed me visions of hell, he said that he has sent his message, but who is going to speak it? And a lot of us have become so comfortable. We Christians have become so, so comfortable with where we are now. And 
um, people are praying to a God they don't know. Like, they know there's a God, but where is this God? They don't know how to reach this God. And nobody is willing to show them the way, and they are just lost where they are. Yes, and he said he is coming very, very quickly. And the devil is aware of this, and the devil is working so hard. And so we must not sleep. Please, the sleep, it is literal sleep and spiritual sleep. I don't know how many of us here like sleeping, but I like sleeping. So to me, it was literal sleep and spiritual sleep. And if you know you are not taking Christ or your relationship with Christ seriously, please, please and please. I wouldn't want to come to church and then fellowship with you all and then later make it to heaven and see you in hell. Or I'll speak to someone and the person will make it to heaven and I'll be in hell. Hey, no way. It's an error. So please, let's get right with God. There is no time. You've played enough. It is time to get serious with Christ. It's time to go back to the basics and build that relationship with Christ. Thank you. Thank you so much. Our second testimony is with Stanley. Um, Stanley, yes, Stanley. We can clap for him as well. Good morning, everyone. Um, I hope you're all fine. Uh, I'm, I thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my testimony with all of you. It started during the lockdown. When, when I heard the news, I was so angry, like, we've come this far, why? Why now? Why do you have to stop? But still, I kept my, you know, I kept on doing my quiet time praying. Then about August, then I felt something, like something isn't right. I, I used to pray about it. And then I had two dreams, each meaning, I don't know. The first dream was rapture time came. I went to heaven the first time. But then the second dream too was the same thing, rapture time. But, the se- but that second dream, I went to hell. I didn't understand what was going on. So I kept on praying, 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 until I heard this voice telling me that, Stanley, why is it that you are drifting far away from me? I told him that, Lord, I keep on, do- I keep on doing my quiet time, praying every day, I'm praying. So why are you telling me this? Then he told me something like, Ah, so all this time you've, you've, you know, you've not been so close to me. You've not done what I wanted. So I asked him, Lord, what do you want from me? He told me that he wants me to win souls. He wants me to win souls. And those who are perishing, I should bring them out from their perishness. So about September, I started doing it. I couldn't stop. Every day I went out, I went to pick one person, talk to him, share with him about Christ. Then I prayed for him and I came home. I kept on doing it. Then all of a sudden, it's like everything was my fault because once something goes wrong, it's always on me. Then when I heard Teen Chapel had reopened, I was so happy, like God, at last, I can come back. Thank you. Hallelujah. I remember when I was small, I think we left the radio on and it was making some, <laughs> some noise like that. And I thought it was the rapture. Hey. <laughs> I was small. <laughs> I don't know where my mom was at the time, but 
I was afraid, and I want to. I was looking. Where is the sound coming from? I realized the sound is coming from a room. I said, "Hey, you see, I was just thinking. They're all having rapture. You don't have to have a dream before you get serious with God." Yesterday, I think we heard from Uncle Volem that when he was in school, anytime it was the rain was very, it was about to rain. That's when he felt as if Christ was about to come, and he went to repent when he was in the school. So. It means that nothing has to happen in your life, okay, before you know that Jesus Christ is coming soon. We've heard from this. Let's take a cue. You don't have to, to go and see any vision to start praying for souls. It's good anyway. But now believe in Jesus, okay? Amen. We can invite the panel. We have a different panel today. Let's invite Uncle Solo, and me, and Abigail. And Abigail, yes. So... Yeah. The microphones. Okay. All right, all right, all right. So you let me go around. Let me go around. As they are sitting down. <laughs> we were all here last week. I won't ask you were you here or were you not here? Because I can't detect it. You were here last week. Okay, so last week, what did you pick out from it? Last week we spoke about repentance. And we talked about what repentance is. Is a complete change in mind of what you used to do before and now you have changed. Yes. And some people give their testimonies. All right, all right, it's, it's cool. Um, were you here last week? Okay, what do you remember? Anything? Um, they spoke about their experiences and going back to the basics and how they felt when they drifted away from God. Okay, where is the patient, Ozoko guy, who was in this place? I've forgotten his name. Where is he? Where? Hey, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Last week, anything you learned? Uh, something I learned that whatever you see or whatever you are focusing on, you practice, you rehearse it. So. Your name? Jesse. All right, thank you. Okay, so we want to start with listening to um, an excerpt from, I think, the last two weeks. We'll start with the exemption one, the one on exemption. Okay. Then when we listen to it, we can proceed with our discussion. the Holy Spirit, the fact that you are filled with the power of God, doesn't mean that you are immune from temptation. Every one of us, no matter who you are, whether you are standing strong or you are weak, we will go through temptation. The devil is out to get at you to make sure that you worship him and not worship God. So he will tempt us. We are, no one is exempt. And after the devil had tried all he could, the Bible says that when he had ended every temptation, I don't know what your version says. That's not my focus for today. But he had tried all kinds of temptations. Three are recorded for us. He tried all of them and none of them worked. It didn't work because Jesus was filled with the word of God and at every temptation he quoted the word of God back to the devil. Okay. Amen. So welcome soul to last week was great Charlie. You were breaking down the scriptures. 
step by step. And we have here Ni, Isaac, right? Isaac Ni. So we can give him a round of applause. And we have Abigail here today. And they'll be giving us their perspective from the word of God on being led by God's word or being led by the spirit. We just listened to something on temptation that no one is exempted from it, that Jesus himself was tempted. And I'll just start on a different note, but we'll come to this um, audio as well from Abigail that when was the, anytime you go through temptation, how do you come out of those, of that temptation for you? What is your, the source you look up to? What is the, the main thing that keeps you going or brings you out of the temptation? Okay, thank you very much. Um, in the past, I used to fall into temptations because I didn't know what to do at that point. I thought it was like normal that the trials will come and everything and you just play along. But then as I was going, I learned about Jesus' temptation. And my father used to tell me that I must always use the word of God because he, like, he also faced his own kind of temptations and everything. He tells me what he does. And what he does is that he prays and he uses the word of God. So he made me like start reading the word and applying the word. You ask me, what did I learn today? What is the word saying and everything? So that's how I started like getting over my temptations, using the word of God. So this was from the onset. You never had a time that these temptations oh, had Oh, there were effect. times before crime. Okay, so yeah. that's my question. <laughs> Say yes, how did you? So there were times that, um, those times that you, you couldn't overcome it, what was the reason? I didn't know what to do. I okay. thought it was normal to just play along. Like, if the thing is there, why don't you do it? So, yeah, okay. that's why. All right. Okay. So, need the same question to you. Okay. So, for me in particular, whenever um, I was tempted, one thing I had to remind myself was that it wasn't worth it. That right after you're going to regret it, it wasn't worth it. So, just hold on. Just hold on. Like, the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. So, I know that, like, the feeling will go if I hold on long enough. What well, well, temptations? Different kinds. Okay, Different two kinds. types. Yeah. Okay, what you can share? Or oh, it's not, you can, you can share. Oh, you can hear me? Yeah, oh. you can hear you. <laughs> so, what, what temptation was it? Okay, let's see, um, let's see, lying for something. Okay, lying. Yeah, let's see, lying. Okay, let's because see. You want, let's see, you're vibing a girl. Why is it, let's see? Okay, continue. Let's see, you're vibing a girl, right? And then, like, you want to make her feel like, Let's see, you are rich beyond, or you have things you don't have, because you are realizing that like the competition or something, and then like the, a lie comes to your head, and then it's like, nah, I'll regret it later, because every time I like, I just regret it right after, like, so now she thinks you are this, and then what? So just hold on and just know that nah, just be yourself, and then eventually just. Uh, okay, so you, I'll put a question to the crowd before I come to Uncle Solo. Has anyone had any issues with temptations where you keep falling? or you don't know how to pick yourself up out of that temptation, or anybody who um, overcomes these temptations that wants to share as well, anyone at all? Anyone? Hey, okay, Jason. I was gonna call someone, but Jason, okay. It comes like no matter what you do, it will come. 
No matter what you do, as far as you are a son of God, they will temptate you. Um, can you start again? The, the, the microphone. Okay. okay. Temptation, and that's what I'm trying to say that no matter what you do, you will be tempted. One time I had an argument with my little brother, and then he was insulting me. I don't insult, so if someone insults me, it really hurts me. And then he was insulting me, insulting me. So I, I stood there, and then I thought of, do you see uh, uh, the, uh, some type of powder thing they put in food for rats? It won't kill human. It just make him feel weak. It won't kill human. So I thought of putting it in his food so that he will learn lesson from it. But I was about to do it, and then I heard a voice that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every other food. So I didn't do it. It, did, it came the second time also. And I tried. That one was in school. I was going for lunch, and then the food I wanted, if I don't go early to finish, and I was going, and then a teacher said I should mark book. So I was like, when I went to the canteen, it's finished, and then I also thought again that putting it in the teacher's food. Okay. But I also heard the same voice. The man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So no matter what you do, temptation is to come to your way. But you have to just solve it. Some people, they don't know how to solve it, so they just put it one touch. So. Okay. So to you, so to I hand over to you. Okay. So I want, us, I want you to take us through Jesus Christ. Okay, let's focus on what Uncle Bijou said that no one is exempted from, t from temptation. Temptation comes. But then what do we do for when temptations come away? Before we zoom into what we have to talk about. All right, so um, bef before I even address um, what we do when temptations come, it is true. And uh, as Uncle Biju said, temptations will always come to us. And uh, if you listen to the sermon, uh, you paid attention to it, you realize that he said that when you overcome one temptation, it doesn't mean that you will not face any other sort of temptation. And the Bible says that the devil left Jesus for a moment and was waiting for an opportune time. So it means that from that statement, the devil kept on tempting Jesus throughout his life. All right. And so we, as um, Jason said, temptations will come. But I need, we need to understand um, that there are, from my experience, I have realized that there are two types of temptations that come to us. But they, are all, they all originate from the same source. I want to read from um, James chapter 1, uh, verse, verse 14. And it says that, But each one is tempted when, when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, he gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So the source of our temptation, right, is, is based on or is founded on our own desire. And so the devil uses our own desire and presents us with something that takes us away from what God intends for us to do. All right. But out of that, there are two things that happen. There are the temptations that happen randomly, which do not occur every time. And then there are the temptations that uh, are consistent in their nature, by which some of us have even 
it has even become a habit for you. And so it is no longer a random temptation. It becomes more or less like a stronghold that is present in your life. And so you realize that every single time you, are, you seem to be dealing with that particular temptation. All right. So they are, these are the two categories I want to put this in so that it will help some people. Now, if you are, how do, how, how do you deal with the temptation when it comes? Or what do you do when temptations come? Um, the scripture has given us a template or a blueprint on how we can fight temptations. All right. And it is only through the word of God. When you are full of the word of God and you are overflowing with the word of God, all right. We saw last week um, uh, a short skit on how the devil was bombarding somebody um, and trying to tempt the person to move away from the will of God. And the person was responding with the word of God. And was just like Jesus was saying, uh, man shall not live by bread alone. Um, you, you also use the, those same scriptures that you know. But unfortunately for most of us, we don't know the scriptures. And so when the temptation comes, we don't have any ammunition to fight against the devil. And so that is why quiet time, we've been saying, yeah, we're reading your, your Bible, having your quiet time. Uncle Biju declared that after Easter, we are going to have a, a, year, a year-long Bible reading uh, challenge where everybody was supposed to read through the whole Bible. I don't know how many of us have started. Give me a wave if you have started. Yeah, if you have started, God bless you. If those of, of us who haven't started, be encouraged, okay, and start. All right, because you need the... the the ammunition that you need to fight the devil and the, temp- and the temptations that you face is the word of God. All right, so let's not complicate things for you. Start for now. What I, I, I encourage you to do is that don't live in condemnation because God hasn't, hasn't, hasn't called you into condemnation. However, this is the starting point for you. Dive into the word of God and become full of the word of God. As you begin to be full of the word of God, you get more strength and more grace to fight against the temptations that will come your way. All right? So I'll just leave it at that. and then we can just, let's So proceed. let me go to Abigail. Abigail, the word of God, how important has it been to you anytime temptations come your way? Do you use the word of God? Do you pray? What do you do? And how important is the word of God as well? Okay. The word of God to me is very, very important because I've realized that every time the temptation comes, at least there is something that's able to come out of me, of my spirit, I guess, to fight those temptations. So it's not easy for me to just walk into them. Because I, I know when I see something I'm not supposed to watch, I'm not supposed to defile my eyes. I know there are scriptures that tell me this. There are lots of things yeah, in the Bible that tell me, like that show me the way. So I don't easily just walk into them. I, I'm growing in the scriptures, so I don't easily walk into those temptations. Okay, all right. And even last week, you gave a testimony about your quiet time. So has your quiet time been helpful to you, as, to you as a Christian, having your quiet time every day, reading your Bible? How has that helped you as well? Okay, so my quiet time has really helped me because through the quiet time, I've seen things that I never thought were in the Bible. I've, like, now I understand how some scriptures are. And now I can use, like, I don't misquote scriptures and everything because the devotional I use, they make things very practical. Yes, yeah, so I'm able to understand and use the scripture. Yeah. Okay, so Ni, even though we're talking about the word of God, has there been a time that temptation comes? You know the word of God, but that, that, that's not the first thing that comes up. It's like, you know this is what the Bible, it may even come up. You know this is what the, the Bible says. Yeah. But you still do something yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Okay, that happens to you. Okay, so 
in, in, in that instance, what do you do? Do you come back? How do you come back to God? And also you can share your experience on how the word of God has also impacted you. So two different um, scenarios. So how do I come back to God? Well, I remind myself that he knew I was going to fall in the first place. Like he knew it when he was creating me and it didn't stop him from creating me. So what can I do now? And then I increase my prayer. Prayer has really, really helped me. I increase my prayer, increase my Bible study. And because of the verse in particular that said, um, in Roman, I think it's Romans chapter 7, the fact that we'll be dead to sin or when you're in Christ, it's almost impossible for you to sin. Like I took that person and I challenged God that if it's really possible to not even want to sin, then let's do this. So I increased my prayer, increased my Bible study and it was just amazing. Like okay. the effect was just... All right, so by the times that escaped you, was it hard to come back to God? Was it very, very? It was hard. Yeah, very. Okay, all right. Okay, so before we play our second audio, I want to just ask anyone a question. Anyone can answer. So you know, sometimes when you're watching a movie, you're watching a series, or when you are whatever playing a game, anything aside, God, it's very easy for us to do those things for hours. We can watch movies for four hours, whatever, three hours, two hours. We can play games. But sometimes when we start to read the Bible, when we start to pray, we become sleepy. Who, who has gone through that before? Yes, those waving are those who will talk. So, Uncle Beth Mons, sister. Yes, you are the one I saw. Nashida. Right, okay. So, why does that happen to... I, I want to understand it from everyone's point as teenagers. I understand it how easy it is for all of us to do other things inside God. But when we come to the place of reading the Bible, of praying, of coming to church, there are so many excuses. Like, what is the problem? I, I want to just know, like, why is that a problem? Because we could go somewhere for hours, do other things. But when we come, to, we want to spend time with God. It's, it's a big deal for us. Anyone can answer aside Nashida, but Nashida, you can start it out. Is Sadi around? It's, uh, maybe she's not here. So Moses, you can, you can help out. Um, first of all, we, to be honest, we find it a bit boring. Like we what claim, is boring? We claim the Bible okay. is boring and that why should we... And you see, um, the Bible is, like we say, it's a lot. It's boring and that is not for us. It's meant for the older generation. Hey. So we find mm. it like not for us and we put it aside okay. and then we know sometimes we find it heavy in our hearts to actually sit down and do it and then one thing i found that really helps is that i have this like whenever i take the bible sometimes i get distracted by my phone so i have this app on my phone that whenever i set a timer i set i set like 30 minutes to two hours and if i touch my phone at that point in time when, whenever I exit that app, it will bring me automatically back to that app. So it doesn't allow me to access anything. Or sometimes I'll give my phone to my dad to like take it from me so that I don't this thing. But basically, we need, to, we need discipline so that we sit down and then do what we have to do. Okay, does anyone else want to share? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Bible is never boring if you're reading. Yes, if you are used to it, you see that it's not boring. That is how 
uh, sometimes you see, if you go to sets, someone is passing by. They have a lot of people on sets. But if you, you go to sets new, you don't know anybody. Someone is passing by, and then you're like, should be awkward. Should no so see about sets. Need to be a chia. Yes. They insult. It is the type of people that is very difficult for them to come closer to God or to come closer to Jesus Christ. It is simple to go closer to Jesus Christ, but it's difficult for those who don't read the Bible and understand it. That is how it's, it's just simple to kill yourself, right? You feel like dying. You can take a knife and stab yourself to death. But you also think again that if I choke myself, will I die? If I don't die, that means I'm going to suffer. You see? <laughs> you think it again that will I die? So you won't do. That's the simple, and it's also simple to become a celebrity too. But you think of it that if I do, will I be? Okay. So if you um. read the Bible and then you understand, you see that it is not difficult and it's never boring. Good. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I still want one more. Why is it difficult? A real, just give me your real opinion to study the word or, okay, so is it Lois? Yeah. Oh, okay. Initially, before I started taking everything seriously, I found it boring. And it's like, when you start reading the Bible, time doesn't go. <laughs> like, <laughs> you'll be reading for five minutes and it feels like 30 minutes or one hour. And it's easy to watch a TV or text or something because it seems more appealing. Like, there's fun in it. But taking Bible to read, it will convict you of things you've done. And sometimes, you know you've done things and you don't want to read the Bible so that it pricks your heart and you feel guilty. Yes, that is me. Okay, okay. Do you want to share? Do you are looking at me? Maybe you want to share. Give, me, give us a real opinion. Oh, you. The lady. Beautiful, yeah? Um, sometimes the interest is not there. Some people don't like reading. So to take your Bible and read, maybe you fall asleep. So. Okay, all right. So we want to discuss it before we play, we play the second VN. Okay, you, you have an answer for them? Question. A question, okay. Okay. Um, since you are on the topic of temptation and sin, now when I was young, like really young, I didn't sin because I was afraid. Like I used to hear stories that if you sin, you are going to hell. And if you go to hell, the torture you are going to receive you can't imagine it. And you're like, if the, the devil will kill you and you will die and come back again and he'll kill you, then you come back again. Strange things, we will, like you die, you just, you just continue suffering. So then I was afraid to, to sin. Then later I came to hear that, oh, somewhere in Romans, that where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And if, I, if you sin, if, let's see, if you sin and you like ask for forgiveness, God will forgive you of your sins. When I came to hear that, I'm like, oh, then if, I sin and God will forgive me of sinning. Then I be I've got like a, like an escape route. Like some people will say like a backdoor to this whole sinning issue. So then sinning really wasn't really something that was kind of if I sin, God will forgive me. So it's not like I'm going to hell if I sin. After I can sin, I'll get forgiveness and go to heaven in the end. So then there's no big deal in sinning. So then how do you? The question is how do you? Um, address people who are going through that situation that in some kind of a way they've justified this sinning in some sort and they knowing that 
after all, if I sin, in the end I'll be forgiven. How do you, how do you address that kind of people so that, okay. you get my question, so that don't sin. Don't sin because, um, don't sin because you're afraid. And secondly, those who are sinning, thinking that after all, I'll be forgiven in the end. How do you address them so they don't sin and they live their life where has purpose for them to live? Yeah. Okay, all right. So we'll tackle that secondly. So the first thing on developing passion, um, Moses, I want Auntie Bernice to talk to us on that, how we can develop passion with the things of God. Because there are times that people lose passion, or as they said, the Bible is boring, the things of God are boring, it's hard to read the Bible, it's hard to pray, but those are the things I can spend time doing them. How can we develop passion in God's word, in prayer, in the things of God? Um, thank you for the opportunity to share and to all those that are speaking, well done. It's not easy to speak in front of your colleagues. I think basically it's about having a relationship. When you said passion, the first thing that came to my mind was relationship. I am passionate about what I love. I am passionate about what I care about. I'm passionate about what I am interested in. So if we don't love God, if we don't want to have a relationship with him, if we are not interested in the things of God, we will not have the passion for the things of God. And so that is where I would start from. I understand where most of us are coming from because I've been there. Sometimes it's, it happens to us as well. It's not always that it's just you guys. You feel like we are superheroes. No, sometimes we feel a little some way. It can get boring, but are you interested in it? Do you want to know God? Because the only way to go know God is through his word. That is the only way. Not everybody is going to have God appear to them and speak to them directly. He's given us his word to get to know him, to know what he likes and what he doesn't like, to know how to relate to him, to know how to live our lives the way he wants us to live it. So if we are interested in getting to know God, it's through his word. That is, that is basically it. I, always, I like to use the analogy of boy-girl because it's, it's closest to us. When a boy is chasing a girl, a, he likes a girl that he's chasing. There's nothing that can stop him because that is what he is. He will do everything. And time. You will sleep late because that is what, that's, that's what you are interested in. And that's where your passion is. So it's because if most of us, we are not interested. We say we love God. We say we want to know him. But it's passive. It's, we are doing it because they've told us so many times in church that this is what we are supposed to do. But by ourselves, like, do you actually want to know who God is? Do you want to know? Have, have you ever sat down and said, God, like, I've heard, Sam, but I want to know you. If you have, you will go straight to the Bible. If you have, I'll give one very, it's far-fetched, but sure. it's, the, it's happened to me recently. A cousin of mine, she's, she doesn't believe in religion, Muslim, Islam, eh, sorry, Muslim, Christian, nothing. But she's been going through some things, and she said it has exposed her to God. God, in her mind, is different from what we believe. But the desire to want to know what the, who God is or what God is, is pushing her to read the Bible. Because I want to know. I don't understand what's going on with me. 
So I actually want to know what it is. She'll text me and I'll speak to her. Where she is is in another zone, but this is somebody who doesn't know anything about God. She actually wants to read the Bible to know who God is. We Christians, who do we say God is? But we are in church and we are not interested. That is what I think. So if you want to have the passion, you have to be interested. You have to actually want to know God. And you have to actually love him to want to know him. Thank you. All right, Auntie Benis. Um, before I get to soul to need, do you have anything to say on passion, how to build passion? For you, how do you build passion in God's word? I see you sharing the word of God on Telegram every day. So how has your passion increased? Because I'm sure first it wasn't like that. In your testimony, you spoke about something about forwarded messages and God. And so it means that that's not how it was. So how has it, like, what has taken your passion from one level to another level? Hello. Um, what took my passion to God was when I realized how empty everything else was. Like, I was doing what I love doing, watching movies, playing football, getting good grades. But, like, it was like something was still missing. So I was like, okay, let me try God. And it's like, the more I got to know him, the more I felt a fulfillment. And I wanted to know more. I wanted to see him more, talk to him more. Because it was like, that's what mattered. The school, the fun, nothing else really just moved me like how God moved me. Okay, Uncle Solo, before, you can talk on this before we address Moses' question on the grace of God. Okay, so um, about, about uh, passion and desire and, and all of that, you realize that um, the reading of the word of God can be likened to the experience we have when we are studying a subject that we find hard to understand. And, and I mentioned this last, last week that the, you need to, when you are studying the Word of God or you are reading the Bible, you need to understand that it has been written in different styles. And with each of the styles, there is a way to approach the reading of the Word to be able to understand it. And I feel like a lot of the challenge that we have in reading and loving reading the Word of God is because when we start reading, we don't immediately seem to understand what we are reading. And it, that puts us off. All right, but, uh, but even before we come to the reading of the Word of God itself, there needs to be a relationship, first of all. And that is, where, that is the, the, the initial source of your passion. The, you must have some relationship with God, and that, and that is where the desire builds from. Your desire to know who God is, want to know Him more, will push you to read the Bible more. Now, there is, there, there is an aspect that we need to be aware of, that we need to be actively playing. Otherwise, we will lose out on momentum that we have built. It, and this is it. And, and I think uh, Nashida mentioned it. It's discipline. For us who are in school and are studying, you realize that you love some subjects more than others. And those subjects are easier to read and to learn than others are. But you find yourself for, like forcing yourself to read the, the so-called subjects that you don't love, even though it is hard to read. You still set decide that I am still going to read it. I'm still going to make time to understand what I am reading. And for those of you who have experienced this, the, the moment you, you, you start dedicating yourself to a subject that you didn't understand before and deciding that I want to understand this subject and I want to do well in it, the moment you, start, you, you decide to do that and you start reading and understanding starts coming, you realize that you begin to start loving that subject. And you begin to want to know more and understand more and read more. Okay? 
I remember back when I was in SHS, right, there was this uh, subject in, in, in EMATS called binomial theorem. I didn't understand binomial theorem. It was such a headache for me. But there was an exam that was coming, and I said to myself, I was going to, that was the first time I did TDB. I was going to do TDB until I understand binomial theorem. I'm not sleeping. And I got a friend of mine who seemed to understand it some, a little bit. And we sat. don't even know what TDB is, so even though we should know. <laughs> till daybreak. That's TDB, till daybreak. So I sat with my friend, and we studied binomial theorem till daybreak. And we went to write the exam. All right. And when I understood binomial theorem, it is like, and it, it's very similar to the things of God. When I understood binomial theorem, now I wanted to teach binomial theorem. Because now I understand it. I want, so I wanted to help those who didn't what, understand binomial theorem. And it is the same with the word of God. As you begin to read the word of God and you begin to understand it, all right, you will begin to share that word of God with other people. And that friend of mine that helped me to understand binomial theorem is the Holy Spirit to us when we are studying the word of God. When you start reading the word of God, you don't understand what you are reading. You, don't, you can't make sense of it. You call on the help of the Holy Spirit to help you to read and understand what you are reading. And the more you get the understanding, the more the desire to read and to know more about God will begin to build up in you. And, you be, and before, before long, you cannot have enough of the word of God. Okay, right. so before you go to the next one, we are going to go on a little commercial break. So I want somebody to come and break down if you've had any, and this is a past thing, okay, anybody who has had any issue, so I say any, if you've had a crush, past, crush, I'm not saying present things, okay, if it's present, it is, make it a past, so <laughs> I'm just kidding, <laughs> to come and tell us what the kind of passion okay okay so i'll come to uncle Bishop soon the kind of passion that you've had what you were doing the strength you used because this will make us all understand well okay so any, <laughs> there are people in my mind but i want people to avail themselves so that um we'll give you the microphone just a brief thing okay i want us to i want to bring our minds here or our minds will, will float in the air what you were doing, just in a short time, please. Oh, the instrumentalist, do you want to start? Uh, who? Please just come. Oh, I should mention Marvin. Who should I mention there? Della. <laughs> this guy is a Della. Okay. Is it? Hey, really? Okay. Della. Or he wants to do it later. <laughs> um, let me start looking for other people. Yeah, I'm okay. here. I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, me, I'm a type of person that if I care about uh, anything or about a person, I, I would like to remove money, spend money. Yes. Spend money. <laughs> so, in my case, I wanted to like spend money on the person do a lot of things to yes serve as an incentive <laughs> yes and so that is what I okay yes. okay don't worry i want another experience i still want another experience olivia was the hand up hey okay somebody i thought your hand was up okay does anybody want to share or oh, i should just call a name i should just call 
Said him, help me. Okay, said them will help me. Auntie Bernice will help me. Hey, someone said Lois. I heard Lois, so I think I heard someone. <laughs> okay. You can just wave at, at us, okay? And we'll just come to you. Okay, Marvin, okay, you I'm saying Marvin. I am saying it. Marvin, any crash you've had in the past, the kind of strength, the texting, WhatsApp, and whatever you did, you can share. Or you've not had a crash before. You've not had a crash before. You can't remember. This is the reaction from the people. So please just... <laughs> Uncle Ivan. Hey. <laughs> Did I name a name so? Okay, Uncle Ivan. <laughs> oh, so, um, for me, um, I don't know. <laughs> I get, I get um, tired easily. But in the in the beginning, like when I have a crush on someone in the beginning, I I spend a lot of energy, right? Energy. Yeah. So what does that mean? A lot of talking, uh, things that maybe I won't do for other people. Yeah. Which involves what texting, talking, texting, so talking. time. You put your time. Yes, a lot of a time. typical day. A typical day. Give us a typical day so in the life of Ivan. So sometimes you know, you are supposed to sleep early. Oh yes. Oh, I usually sleep by by twelve a.m. Right. That's that's early for me. But if if you are talking to someone like you are really interested in, you go like two, three. They wake up in your body. You are very tired. Yes, so extra hours yeah, for the person. Yeah, but nowadays, nowadays, I can't do that. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll sleep in the office. But, yeah, so when I was in school, those are some of the some things. Th okay, we'll we talk about all these points because I want to okay. use it for, um, to discuss about God and what we can do for him. But let's take a question from, or um, Uncle Biju wanted to give a point as well. Um, we want to give me the microphone. You can sanitize it. Yeah, um, I want to share a few thoughts uh, from another uh, angle in relation to the Bible being boring. Because the truth is, all of us, including myself, sometimes I find the Bible boring. So it's not unusual if you find it boring. Uh, somebody quickly uh, interjected that ah, he doesn't see how the Bible is boring. The thing is that it can be boring today and tomorrow to be very exciting. And one of the things that I have come to realize studying people and looking at my own life is this thing that we talk about often but we underrate it, encounter with God. When you have a personal encounter with God, everything changes. I could go on and give a number of examples. I remember when I got born again. Before I got born again, reading the Bible, I mean, I don't even take it to read, you know. But the day... I got born again. A lot of things crossed my mind. And within a few days, that same week, I could sit up and read the whole Bible the whole night. And it was a continuous thing for days on end. I just keep reading. And sometimes, my first Bible I had, I underlined virtually the whole Bible. And I was wondering, ah, what was I understanding from what I was reading? And I realized that it's because of 
not looking back. It's because of that encounter that I had with God. And that's what made the Bible come out alive to me. If you look in the scriptures, take the example of uh, Saul, for example. He was killing the Christians. He was very passionate about that. But when he had that encounter on the Damascus Road, overnight, everything changed. The Bible says he was praying, he was fasting, he was reading. He didn't want to talk to anybody. And immediately after that, he started preaching. Look at Moses. Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house. He was trained to be a royal. At the stage, he wanted to uh, deliver his people. He wanted to talk to them. He ended up killing one of them. And now, as soon as he killed him, he was afraid because of what somebody said. So he ran away. And for a long time, he was in the desert. And then one day, he had an encounter. This same person who was afraid now was able to move back to the place that he was afraid and the people that he was afraid of and to confront them. And you can go on and give example after example, you know. So one of the things that makes the Bible come out alive is when we have an encounter. And that's why it's good to pray that, Lord, give me an encounter. Or when you take the Bible, pray like, the, like David prayed. Open my eyes that I will see wonderful things in your word. Once you have an encounter, you know, the Bible comes out alive. Even in our day-to-day -day lives, you know, when God is not real to us, when we take the Bible, we know, but Charlie, it's, it's, it's tiring, it's boring. If you look at what happens to us at camp, at camp, the Bible is not boring. We want to read, in fact, we don't have enough of reading the Bible, you know. So the point I'm making is that all of us, there are stages in our lives that we find it boring. In fact, it can be boring today, tomorrow it will be exciting. It all depends on your attitude, the encounter of God you have, the discipline, the attitudes that some of us share that, look, if you want to know, there's no other way that, than getting into the Bible. You know, it will be boring, difficult, but as you go on, and light comes from the Bible, then it, be, it starts getting interesting. So, don't let's simply give up because at one stage it's boring. No, let's persevere and ask God for personal encounters. Yes. So it means that we all go through it one way or the other. So you just have to keep on reading, keep on understanding. And there are times that, yes, it may look like it's a bit dull that day, but it doesn't mean the next day you should stop it. Just keep on reading the Bible and you'll get something from it as well. So before Uncle Solo answers Moses' question, you both had their answers on what they said in relation to people they liked. Okay, I'm, you can relate to this. Okay, she, she can relate. So, I want us to make us understand in that vein, the kind of strength, energy, money that we put in other people, friendships or relationships and how we can rather put that in God, God's word. And I'll be able to answer the same question. Um, so, for when I like somebody, like I really just want to make sure they're always happy always feel like they have somebody they can count on always laughing like so whatever i have to do time money energy i'm just there for them so i feel like if i love god like i say i love the girl then i want to please him I want to make sure he's happy I want to make sure that i'm doing everything that he asked me to do if i say i really love him because that's the same thing i do when i like somebody to please them okay okay abigail okay so for me when i like this guy i wanted has him it happened is it actually an experience? No, I'm explaining. Okay, okay. It was Sorry. like in class five day. And then... Please, the mic is low. Sorry. So uh -huh. In class five day, 
I wanted him to know that I really liked him. So exams week, I was sitting around him. So I dropped my diary like by his desk <laughs> so that he would see. But then unfortunately their class took it and they read it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I did a lot of things. The guy was rich, but me, I'll give him my money. I'll make sure I don't know why I was doing that. Because the guy he had money, it's not like he didn't have he had money. Hey. But then I'll give him, even when he has not asked me, cry, I'll just, oh, you take this money, like that, and me, I'll be hungry. <laughs> so what I realized is that if I really love God, I'll make sure that I'll, I'll want to show my love to him. Like with this story, I want to make him know that I really like him. Anything that I do to show my love to God, I'll do it. I'll spend my resources on God. I'll do everything. Even when he has not asked me, maybe to sow an offering or something. I'll, I'll do it because I really love God. So I'll make sure that I love him with the things that I do. Okay, thank you very much. Angosolo. Thank you very much, Neil and Abigail. Okay, so uh, to address Uncle uh, Moses' question, I think that we, we mentioned it uh, or we touched on it last week. Yes, um, yes. There's something similar to that. Uh, and the, the response I gave back then was that you need to understand as a believer that... Um, there are two things that are going on within your body at any point in time. The Bible says in Galatians 5, verse 16, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. What, that, what this simply means is that the things that your spirit, your regenerated spirit, okay, wants uh, to do, uh, is, is totally different to what your flesh wants to do. The things that your flesh desires to do is totally different from what your spirit desires to do, your, your recreated spirit. So once you are born again, there is this conflict within you. All right? So at any point in time, uh, whoever has the upper hand sort of wins the day. So you, that is why you must make a conscious effort. And it looks like the mediator between the flesh and the spirit is your soul. And before you are saved, your soul is in alignment with your flesh. And so whatever your flesh wants to do, your soul is in agreement. So when I speak about the soul, I'm talking about your mind and your emotions. All right? It is all aligned with what your flesh wants to do. And so if your flesh wants to go and steal, your soul is aligned and you just move. All right? However, when you, be, when you become saved, God gives us the power to, to say, for God gives us the, the grace for your soul to be able to say that I will not follow the, the dictates of my flesh. All right? And that power stems from this, your recreated spirit. Okay? So the more your, your spirit is, 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 is fed and is growing, okay, the more your soul is able to align with your spirit and say no to the dictates of the flesh. Okay? So before... You couldn't help but to steal, all right? But now that you're a Christian, you find it harder to say, I want to steal. Because now there's a spirit in you that is saying that you cannot do this, all right? So understand that this conflict is there. Now, when, and so this is where the grace of God abounds for us, all right? So the grace of God helps us to be able to say no, if you read the Bible, if you read Titus, the Bible says that for the grace of God has appeared to all men and teaches us to say no to sin, all right, to live in holiness and in godliness, all right. So this grace of God that comes to us is what helps us to say no to sin. 
Now, that grace that is helping you to say no to sin, it's not there so, so, so that you can say that because Paul said that uh, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. What that means is that where there is a multitude or multiplicity of sin, God's grace to help you to overcome that sin even abounds more. And it is not necessary a license for you to say that I will sin because grace abounds. No. In fact, if you go, that scripture that you quoted is in Romans 6. So let's go to Romans 6. In Romans 6, Paul talks about this. Um, Moses, you can project it to any verse. Please. Yes, so Romans 6. Paul asks that same question. And um, he answers that question. He says that in verse, um, from verse 14, I'm reading, it says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. All right? Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So he's telling you now the position that you are in. And then he goes on to say, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? He says, Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are the one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to, this, to righteousness? So basically, he's saying that you have a choice now to make. Right? So, do not, do not say that because grace abounds, um, I will continue to sin. He says that no, that is not your, that is not your portion. And in fact, if you, if you go up a bit, he begins to realize that he says that you have been, you are dead to sin, just like Christ also died to sin. All right? So, if you are dead to sin, why then are you saying that you want to sin? I hope you are getting me. So, he says, reckon, reckon yourselves or consider yourselves dead to sin. Okay? Consider yourselves dead to sin. So don't say that, oh, uh, the Bible says that uh, grace abounds and so I can sin. And then when I sin, I'll go and ask God for his grace to forgive me and then I continue. That grace over there is the, 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 the grace to overcome the sin that we face. So where there's abundance of sin, right, there's an overabundance of God's grace to enable you to overcome that sin. Okay, so let's not, when you go, go and read the whole of Romans 6, and even add chapter 7 to it, you, you will get a firmer understanding of what Paul was trying to tell us uh, in, that, in that passage of Scripture. All right. Okay, so we'll soon move to our next audio. But before that, just like what Uncle Solo said, if you love Jesus, if you are in love with God, what would be going through your mind won't be sinning or won't be even falling down. It will be to stay up for him. If you are, if you are in love with Jesus and in love with God, your whole mind and your whole being will be to live to please him that would be your focus nothing else would sway you that okay in case i fall there will not be an in case in your mind because you want to please him when abigail was speaking she wanted to please this guy or when they were all speaking with a passion your mind will not be at that st- at that state when you are chasing whoever that what if this happens or what if um, it breaks up you have the, the strength and the faith that it's going to go on well so our mind should be fixated on Jesus. Okay, and also before we play that audio, what Uncle Biju said, I want us to just make everyone understand that that is the case. Has there been a case that, or are there cases where the, the Bible hasn't always been interesting for you? Because then I know that's how they may see some of us, that okay, it's always good. I want us, I, I want us to be real to you that that's not the case. Yeah. So I want you to speak yeah, on that. There, there, are, <laughs> there are several books in the Bible that I find hard to read. 
one the, on the top of that list is Leviticus. <laughs> Same here. Leviticus. I just after, that book and it was after, after Leviticus, then you go to Numbers. Yeah. Those books are very hard to read. And then after those books, you go to some of the prophetic books. Because you read some portions in Jeremiah. In fact, even in Isaiah, there are portions that you read that you like because those ones are easy to understand. But sometimes the prophecies, the way they, they go, you, it is hard to, to get it. So those ones, yes, it is, sometimes it gets boring to read those kinds of things. But that is where the, the place of discipline will come into, into, into action. I don't like to read this thing, but I know it is good for my spirit. And so I will still read it. And that is where discipline comes in. This subject, I don't like it, but I will still what, read it. And it, is, it, it gets very interesting when we are reading Leviticus. All right? And this, is what, this thing happens for those of us who are consistent readers of the Bible. Automatically, what happens is that you begin to draw connections uh, throughout the Bible. So you are reading something in Leviticus, and you go and read something in the, in the New Testament or somewhere else in the, in, the, in the Psalms, and there is a connection that is done and it gives you a very holistic view of the, the, of, of the scriptures. And you begin to understand that the whole Bible is one. And you begin to appreciate the story of the Bible and what God is trying to communicate to us as his children. And so even though it is hard and it is not nice and it is boring to read, when you develop the discipline of reading those, of those portions of scripture, okay, or, or overall, the discipline of reading the scriptures, the whole scriptures, you begin to see gems hidden within the scriptures. And then, as you begin to draw those connections, it gets interesting, and you want to know more. So this person gave birth to this person, and this person gave birth to this person, and this is what, this is what it meant. So this, this, yesterday we were having a facilitator's uh, meeting, and uh, Uncle Joe was sharing with us something from First Kings uh, about King Josiah. And you, you read in, in another portion of scripture that the, a prophet came to prophesy about some things that Josiah did so in maybe chapter 13, there was a prophecy. And then you go down to chapter 16, and then you see Josiah fulfilling those prophecies. And say, ah. So that connection is made. And it makes it very interesting. So the Bible doesn't get boring again because you have a holistic appreciation of everything that is going on. So the place, it, is, it gets boring for all of us. We all love portions in the Bible that are easy to read and understand. I love stories a lot, so I like to read the stories. You understand? But... The you need to discipline yourself to read the so-called boring parts in order for you to draw the connections that are prevalent in the Bible and for you to appreciate more of the Word of God. Right. Okay. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, okay. Is there a question? Okay. Okay. So you can take it to Auntie Elizabeth. She's in the court. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, I just wanted to add something small to the topic about the, the Bible being boring, especially from a personal experience. I'm, I'm someone who is very, I love reading, generally. And the part when I really began to find the Bible interesting was at a point where I could relate to almost everything. How can a how can a business student read a chemistry textbook? How can a, can you compare when a science student reads a chemistry or biology textbook to when a business student reads the same? To one, it's easier. To another, it's like a whole bunch of abstracts. I personally say that 
whenever I'm approaching, um, yes, I, I love the analogy of, can you just relate the Bible to reading or studying for your most difficult subject? What I usually do is I try to use diverse means. So sometimes it's not just about using the, um, your sight to read the Bible. I always advise that sometimes you should make use of other sense organs. So sometimes I actually use my pen or my pencil to draw. When Uncle Solo was talking about connections, that's when your artistic part comes into play. And sometimes you can use group studies. The way you study for a difficult subject and then you form a group study just to discuss the subject, that's the way you can also try to make the Bible interesting. But don't forget also, whenever you're having group studies for a difficult subject, your group studies does not determine if you succeed in the subject as much as your personal um, commitment to it. So have your group studies like what we're having right now. And then after this, you make your personal studies too. And as much as possible, stir up your curiosity before you open your Bible. Many times we just want to randomly open the Bible, but the truth is you go searching, you go searching for something to find it. So when you open the Bible without a goal, without nothing in your mind, you are more likely to find it boring. But for example, we just talked about temptation. Could you be curious enough to know that I really want to know about those three temptations which the Bible recorded? That curiosity makes you understand that scripture about Jesus' temptation. But many times we just want to be lazy and think that when we open our Bible, within that 30 seconds, we generate interest. No, your interest for the Bible should start all through the day. Every single thing that happens to you, did you just have the same? What did he do? And then you go back to research. So start with the goal, use your pen and your pencil, use your eyes, draw, use group studies, and then go back to further understand. That's what I suggest. Very, very great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I think that's very, very good. You can pick some points from here as well. Very, very good points. Um, Uncle Moses, the third audio, the third one, the third one that we have. When you begin to preach to your friends, when you begin to speak in your community about Jesus Christ, don't be surprised when people begin to look at you. Ah, of course. But you too, when did you come? Is this not the girl who has been chopping last in class all the time? He, she cannot even handle her maths and she's come to talk to us about Jesus Christ. Go and tell your Jesus to help you with your maths. You hear stories like this. Don't expect to be accepted wherever you go with this simple message that God has given us. You will not always be, be respected, especially by those who know you. Okay, so I'll put a question to us, then we move to our next audio. Has anybody had this experience where you go out, you're preaching to your friends in school, and people bash at you, people laugh at you, people don't accept what you are saying, people don't... Um, People make you feel shy. Has anybody gone through that as well? I want to just take two different instances from us. That's those who evangelize or who talk to your friends about Jesus. Okay, so, all right. Hello, everybody. Okay, <clears throat> I, I remember when I was in JHS3, I spoke to my friends about Jesus Christ. I stood in front of the classroom to speak to them. And they were all like, hey, also for mommy, hey, most holy, hey, this, hey, that. So when I went to SHS2, in my school, 
any, they, they have this name for these people who preach about Christ. They call them prayer girls and prayer boys. In my school, they, those type of people, they see them as most holy. So those type of people, they, don't, they are not allowed to wear certain clothes. They are not allowed to do certain things. So my, uh, the people in my school see those prayer girls and prayer boys to be angels, like they are not allowed to sin. That's how they see people like that in my school. And when, okay, I, I also talk to people about Jesus Christ in my school. So sometimes when I say certain things or sing certain songs, then they all stigmatize me. So I did not like the term prayer girl and prayer boy in the school because they make it seem like you're not allowed to be a human being because making mistakes is human. So you're not allowed to make mistakes. So I get stigmatized a lot in the school. But one thing I've realized is that you're not preaching to them to get their validation. You're preaching to them to get validation from God. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So whenever you're speaking to people about Jesus Christ, close your physical eyes to whatever, your physical eyes and physical ears to whatever they will say. Just say what God has told you to say. Don't mind the stigmatization and everything they say about you because they will definitely call you names. As for the name calling, you will get it. But close your eyes and ears to everything they have to say and just do it. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, Inshira. All right, so Malkida. Yeah. Um, with me in school, I was vying for the head girl position and I passed through vetting and everything. When it came to the campaign, um, I went to class after class, class after class, and I got to a class and they were really asking so many questions, so it just came. I just started quoting scripture and stuff. After the campaign, ah, I heard people saying that, eh, girl, wait, she thinks um, it's scripture that will make you win the position and ding, 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 ding. Then I thought about it. Um, I remembered a scripture that I read um, was about Jesus. When um, he was going to heal a girl, the girl was believed to be dead. But then when he went, he said he was going to, um, he's, she's not dead, she's just asleep. And people laughed at him. But then the Bible says that he, when he put the crowd out, he prayed and the girl was um, revived. So I thought about it and I was like, I have to just put the crowd out. I don't have to listen to what anybody has to say. Yeah. So it means that you encourage yourself by... By just continuing to do what I was doing. Actually, I didn't even get the position. I didn't get a position, but then I keep um, reading my Bible. I keep sharing Christ to my friends. In class, <laughs> I don't know, it's just funny enough. Some people will actually listen to you. Some definitely won't. And you'll be there and somebody will just say something generally to put your spirit down. You actually know that the person is talking about you. But then... Okay, so from this, we know that we all go through that. And the best thing is to do is to keep on pressing for God. Keep on talking about Jesus. Keep on talking about God. So we want to take the audio on being led by God's word. But we can take our offering now to our second offering as we play that audio and we're going to discuss that's our main point of discussion before we end it so being led by god's word if you learn to
to be led by the word of God. That means you must read his word. You must know what his word says. His word must be in your mouth. His word must be living in your mouth. The word must be in your heart. You must believe it. You must meditate on it. You must think about it all the time. When trouble comes, the first thing that should come to your mind is God's word. And you must live by what you call the Rima word. You see, there are some, there are some words that come from God which you will not find in the Bible. We call it the Rima. It's like the spoken word of God in a situation. You're Okay, all right. So, we're going to start with um, the audio. And Angusolo, I want you to break down what it means to be led by God. So we're led by the Spirit of God with what Uncle Bijou said and with the various um, passages he also gave us during that sermon. And you can, we can take the offering now. can just pass the basket as well. And we can continue the service. Okay, so Angusolo. All right, so um, being led by the word of God, um, th that statement presupposes that um, you must uh, know the word of God, okay? And that is the beginning. In order for you to be led by the word of God, you must know the word of God. And we have said it countless times here that you need to take your Bible reading seriously, taking your quiet time seriously. Now. The, the benefit that, or one of the benefits that you derive from dwelling in the Word of God and reading the Word of God is that you begin to hear God's voice, not necessarily an audible voice, but you begin to hear His voice through His Word. Let me, let me explain it this way. When we are reading our novels and the stories that we like to read, okay, um, you realize that there is the, we, call it, we call it the voice of the narrator. In the, in the story. So you seem to be, you who are reading the story, you seem to have, to be, you seem to be omniscient in the sense that you know everything that is happening in the story. It's the same way when you're watching a movie. You seem to know all the hidden things that are going on in the movie. But the people that are in the movie themselves or the people, the characters that are in the story themselves may not know what the other person is doing. But you, the one reading the story, you know, right? Good. It is the same way when you are reading the, 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 the Word of God. As you, are, as you dwell in the Word of God, you begin to start hearing the voice of the narrator. That is the voice of God. Okay. You begin to see um, or begin to recognize how God speaks to characters in the Bible and how you, and you seem to start develop, developing a certain uh, way that God speaks. So like God speaks to somebody in the, in the, in the, in the Word of God and from that scripture that you read, a question come, just comes out at you. And it happens so frequently that now you begin to recognize that voice. Okay? You begin to know that, ah, this, this, this uh, how do you call it? This voice that I keep, I keep experiencing when I read the word of God is actually the voice of God. And so when people stand here and say that, I was reading the word of God and God told me. God, that God told me is because of that uh, constant reading and recognition of that voice of God or the voice of the narrator in his word. And so now when you are faced with any difficulty or you are faced with any challenge or you require God's guidance in anything, 
that scripture that you read pops up at you and you are confident and you are, you are sure that this one is God's voice. All right? And um, Uncle Biju, when he was preaching, uh, cited an example that happened with Uncle Bedmond um, about something miraculous that happened in his life. He was, saying, he was saying that he was yielded to God's direction and to his, his, his uh, leadership. And so God had been telling him, go and preach on Mecca Road. Go and preach on Mecca Road. And he was obedient to that voice. Okay? So, but prior to that, God had been speaking to him about certain things, and he was obedient. So, he, he, he had begun to recognize the voice of God leading him. So, when he went to sit in an exam room with hard questions, and that same voice that told him, go and preach in Mecca Road, started telling him, choose A, choose B, choose C. He knew without a shadow of doubt that this was the voice of God. And so, for all of us who are here, we say, I, want, I don't know the voice of God. I want to be led by the voice of God. It starts by reading his word. And when you start reading the word of God, his voice will start coming out at you. And you begin to start recognizing the voice of God through the reading of his word. So that is one, one, of, the, one of the ways to, get, uh, to start being led by the word of God. You must be full of the word of God. Because anytime... God wants to lead you. He will lead you by his word. He will quote a scripture that you have read before. He will bring something that you have read in the past to mind about a current situation. And we see it happening. When even Kida was sharing with us, she said that as that thing was happening, the scripture about Christ also uh, 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 saying to the crowd that this, this girl is not dead. She's just asleep. And they were mocking him. It came to her. And that is the voice of God speaking to her. All right? So what you read in the Bible, in your day-to-day, God will pick those scriptures that you have read and relate it to what you are going through right now. And you will begin to hear God's voice and you will begin to know how he is leading you in the things that you are doing. Okay. 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 Um, Auntie Adam, have you had any example or instance where you were led by God to do something? You heard a voice of God, your spirit, in your inner man, that led you to make a choice or a decision? Or how do you about that too <laughs> okay the same question goes to anti melody yes we are going in a line so okay so um i quite remember some years ago i was picking a trotsky home and i don't know but when i sat in that trotsky i just felt like god was telling me to get up and speak to the people in the Trotsky. So I, I battled with it because it's not an easy thing talking in front of people for me. But then I did. And when I was done, um, a man spoke to me and was like, um, God used me to speak to him. And he was glad that I did. And he knows that it's not easy, but um, God blessed me. So I, feel, I felt like I really followed the direction of God. Okay, great. Answer them. Something okay. Okay, I just remember something from high school, where um, uh, um what the, for the high school I went to, my first years I did IGCSEs, and um, my subjects that I picked were physics, chemistry, and biology. Turns out I'm not a very sciencey person, but I thought I was. So physics used to just beat me up. And I remember, um, I think it was in my second, my like, the exam before we did mocks. Um, in the physics exam, 
I was like I had never gotten an A in physics. Um, I think my big, my highest grade was a B. And in the physics exam, I was sitting beside my friend. We were doing uh, objectives, and I saw one of the answers my friend um, had done, and it looked different from mine. So I changed my answer, and then and the voice would go, so I changed it back. <laughs> and I changed it back, and that was the only, and that mark was what put me on the line for an A. And that was my only A in physics, and I carried it like a trophy. And I was just like, well, if I hadn't changed my answer back to what I had originally, I'd have lost that A. Yeah. Wow, wow. Auntie Bennis, too, we can share on being led by God's word. Any testimony in that regard or, or any struggle as well? Hmm. Um, as for me, God speaks to me a lot and usually I don't listen. I'm sure some people will not say those ones, but I have experienced and that's why I'm using this walking stick. So um, I was going to see a friend. First, my beloved said, don't go. I said, don't. It's not an issue. Then when I was leaving, I had this inkling, don't go. I was like, oh, it's nothing. I went and I had an accident. And I was confused. I was like, this is not happening. I was like, what's going on? And I said a simple prayer and I asked God to be with me. I didn't hear anything. What I can relate to what Uncle Biju spoke about, Rema word, was, and I shared with the facilitators, was when I was going to do a surgery because I had to do a surgery because my, my bone was broken. And I heard it, and it's been with me since, and God, through the Holy Spirit, I know, told me, I am with you, don't be afraid. And that is what I have held on to from 31st of October 2020 till now. Because, you know, sometimes eh, you guys are growing, life will hit you with things, and sometimes it takes one word from God, and that is where practicing hearing his voice helps. Because there are times when, if you don't know his voice and he's telling you, you, you ignore. Me, I, I think, I knew it was God telling me, but there are so many times when, Charlie, I've heard and I still did this and nothing happened, so how different is this one? I'm sure most of us know. There are times when you know you're not supposed to do something and you do it and nothing happens, so you just coast and you feel like everything is cool until that one time when you refuse to listen, and that's when you actually get into trouble. And so let's, let's get in the habit of listening and obeying God. Because for me, that's one word, I am with you. I'm telling you, lying on my bed in the house with nobody and just me, it is, that's one word, because sometimes I feel like, Venice, you're never going to walk straight. Venice, you're never going to be all right. Venice, what if the surgery, they did something wrong? What if there's a clot in your brain? Like, when I got home, it was a clot in my brain that was a headache. The devil was pumping things into my head. Pumping things. See, when you had the accident, there was internal bleeding, and they didn't notice it. So you're at home and you collapse. It was, it's a battle. Thoughts, that is where everything goes on. But when you know God's word, and you know what he has said about you and what he's told you, there's nothing that the devil puts in your head 
that's over you, in quotes. So please, we can't overemphasize the word. We can't overemphasize hearing from God through the word. When, like Uncle, Uncle Solo said, God told me, God can tell you, it is not far-fetched. This morning, just as I was sitting here, I just realized something that I'd never seen before in the Bible, just whilst we were. And it's, it's just rehearsing. It's like when you are outside and somebody is shouting, and you know it's your mother who is calling you because you know it's your mother's voice. You know wherever it is, even if it's an insult, you know it's your mother because you know her voice. Because we hear it and we hear it and we hear it. So please, we can never ever overemphasize the word of God is key. It is, it is life, please. So that's my small testimony that I'd like to share. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. So a question to the panel. Can you just give us, and anybody, Uncle Solo, Neil, Abigail, scriptural references to hearing God's word, hearing the voice of God, and being led by the Spirit of God? Maybe Uncle Solo can start out too. Okay, so uh, in, the, in the book of John, the Bible calls or describes God as a good shepherd. And he says that my sheep, they know my voice. All right? My sheep know my voice. So if you are a child of God, and, and I want you to take this literally, okay? If you are a child of God, you have given your, 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 your life to Christ, what the word of God is telling us today that you are, you are part of the sheepfold of God. And you are part of the sheep of God. And once you are part of the sheep of God, he's saying that you know my voice. Some, sometimes we interpret that scripture to mean um, we have to learn God's voice. or I don't know. There, there is some requirement for us to be able to hear God's voice. No, there is no requirement. He says that you, that you have satisfied the requirement. You are a sheep. So once you are his sheep, yeah, thank you, Moses. John 10, 4, he said, and when he put forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Right? So you are a child of God, you know God's voice. And I put it to everybody sitting here that at some point in your life, God has spoken to you. And whether you acknowledge it, whether you acknowledge that it was the voice of God, or you said to yourself, Something told me. I'm telling you today that, that was the voice of God. Whether you were going to do something that was not good and you felt an inkling in your heart pulling a tag in your heart the holy spirit was telling you something and that is the voice of god so what auntie bennett was sharing with us is that you must start recognizing and acknowledging that voice that speaks to you that voice of god that speaks to you and you will be able to <clears throat> you'll be able to acknowledge and recognize that voice more the more you stay in the word of god because that voice that will speak to you that's the voice of god is very consistent with his word. There is nothing that God will say to you, there is no direction that he will give to you that is going to go contrary to his word. And so if you hear something, <clears throat> if you hear something that is a, a voice, a direction, that is contrary to the word of God, then you know that this is not God's voice. All right? So that is one of the ways you can even check the kind of voice or the kind of uh, direction that you are getting. The other way is also the peace of God that he gives to us when we, when we are taking a decision. Sometimes you're, 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 you, want to make a, you want to make a choice, you want to take a decision, but you are restless about that decision. You don't have peace about it. It's because the spirit that is in you 
is, is, is testifying that this choice that you are making will not end well. So don't make that choice. It's one of the quick ways to know whether you are, you are in error or you are in wrong, if you are a child of God. So let us know that God speaks to us, but the way that we can start acknowledging and recognizing his voice is by staying in his word. The more we stay in his word, the more we'll, get, we'll, we'll, the more we'll be confident that this is actually the voice of God speaking to us. All right. All right. So thank you very much. Nia or Abigail, any of you, do you have anything to share on that? Okay. So there's another scripture in, I think, Romans 8, verse 14. Yeah. That says, um, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And we know that God's word is spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that inspired the writing of the word. So once, you see, there's a difference in being a child and being a son. You see, being a son is higher than being a child. Because I can be a child and listen to anybody at all. But then being a son, I'm my parents' daughter. Yeah, I'm my parents' daughter. So I'll listen to my parents more than I'll listen to just any stranger. So it's the same with God. I'll, once I'm a son of, I'm a daughter of God, I'll listen to God's word more than I'll listen to other things. So we have to like, make it a point to be led by God's word. And as I said, God's word is spirit. And the, the Bible was written like under the inspiration of the spirit, the Holy Spirit. So once we allow the spirit of God to lead us, once we allow the word of God to lead us, we are sure that we are being like we are on the right path. Okay, Ni, do you have anything? Yeah, one thing for me about the voice of God was that I used to think it was an, um, it was an audio, like you hear it in the clouds, or like you hear it like in like an external voice. So I always thought to myself, God doesn't speak to me. Everybody always says God speaks to them, but me, I'm an exception. But then somebody opened up my understanding that God never or almost never speaks to the ears. It's always to the heart. It's always the heart impressions. And I was like, ah, but I've been having a lot of heart impressions. So it's like God has actually been speaking to me a lot. Once I was going to buy a phone, and I was so restless, and I didn't know why, because there was nothing wrong with the phone. It was a very good phone. So I bought it, even though I was restless. And I went to school, and out of everybody else's phone that was in the room, only mine was stolen. I don't know if it was because it was the most expensive or nice, and then they just remembered, I told you not to buy the phone. And I was like, but you didn't say it like with a voice, but I felt it in my heart. So I've come to realize that God doesn't almost never speaks to the ears, it's always to the heart. So listen to your heart, listen to other people. God speaks to people, God speaks to situations, God can use anything to talk to you. So always be on the lookout for God speaking. But don't like wait on your ear. He probably won't speak to your ear. That's my perspective. Okay. All right, that's good. Do any of the facilitators want to win Auntie Jennifer, Auntie Jifa, on anything that was shared on the on the word of God? being led by God, being led by spirits, or in temptation, anything you want to share. Auntie Jifa. Okay, so you all know I'm into business. And you need to develop the, uh, hearing the voice of God so well, especially in the business in which I am. It's a high-risk business. And I've learned so much to hear from God to the extent that sometimes when the managers bring some forms to me, I can just say, Leslie, there's something wrong with this. Then they go, the prophet is talking again. And 99.9%, when they go, something will be wrong. I wouldn't say I heard God saying, Jifa, this is wrong. But I get an impression in my spirit that this is God talking to me. You must understand that God speaks to us differently. I tell my children that I've not heard God saying, Jifa, Nyaso, I am the Lord that God. I've not heard it before. <laughs> but by the impression in my spirit, the intuition, the way I feel, 
You can just, it's done on your spirit that God is talking to you. So each one must develop the way God speaks to us. If Auntie Bernice heard the voice of God clearly, I can also say that until God said, don't go here, it will not work. God will use different means. Sometimes a song that you hear in the morning as you are going out will be God telling you something. So you must, because the Bible says that, call upon me and I will answer. So me, I know that anytime I ask God for something, he will speak. But he will speak to me in different ways. So I want each and everyone to develop how God speaks to you. Don't compare notes on that. Hey, Uncle Biju said God calls his name, I don't. Biju, go and preach the word. So until God said, Jifa, go and preach the word, I will not preach the word. No. So I am a business person. So God will always give me an impression about a customer. And it has happened over a period of time. So once that... That, that, that feeling dawns on me. I know God is about to tell me something. So let's all learn and develop how God speaks to us as individuals. Thank you. Wonderful, Auntie Jifa. Auntie Gina, is there anything you want to weigh in on this subject? When we're talking today, we're talking about temptation. I think one thing I have come to also learn in Teen Chapel is quickly when you fall, rise. Sometimes we allow the enemy to bombard us when we fall, making it difficult for us to think that we cannot ask for forgiveness and come back. I always say that when you fall, the longer you stay there, the longer it becomes difficult because then the negative thoughts tend to be having the upper hand. So as quickly as you know you have fallen, quickly ask for forgiveness. Don't let the enemy tell you that God can never forgive you. There is no sin that he cannot forgive. As long as he said, if you confess your sins, he is a just God and he will forgive. So please, don't wallow in your sin. Don't continue to be sinning. Once you fall, ask for forgiveness and don't listen to his negative thoughts. Always make sure that the word is in your heart. As Auntie said, you, if you don't have the word, that is what makes it difficult for some of us to come back because... We don't have the counter word to give back to the enemy. He brings a negative thought and then you tell him that that God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of boldness. If you don't have the word, what do you use to counter him so that to give you the strength to come back? So to me, it's the part of temptation. We shouldn't wallow too much. As long as we fall, we should quickly get up and keep going. Amen. Amen. All too soon we are done with our discussion. Hope you've enjoyed the service today. You can give me a wave. Give us a wave if you've had an insightful discussion. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I, I want us to do something. I want us to do something. If you have a phone and you're on, you, you on WhatsApp, you can take up your phone and you can go on your status and you can type, I'm going back to my first love. I'm going back. So you can do this now. I've given you the chance. If you've got anchor, you're moving your phones. This is the time I've given you for a few minutes. You can move your phone and just type on your status. I am going back to my first love. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you have any questions, more questions or testimonies, just see any of the facilitators and drop your questions or testimonies to them. And I'm sure we'll answer them in any other discussion later on. Or if you have a testimony, just see a facilitator and share with them your testimony. Hallelujah. We want to invite Melody upstage to...
Take it. Thank you so much to the panel. God uh, bless you, Uncle Solo. You can just clap. Give a round of applause for them. God bless you. Just, Abigail. Just, to, so, just a quick word. Uh, I, I just felt in my spirit, for those of us who, for the direction that um, also just gave us right now, um, please do it. Type on your status. I'm going back to my first love. People will reach out to you and ask you, who is your first love? What are you talking about? <laughs> the Lord is going to use that as an opportunity for you to share the gospel. Please take it serious. And when that opportunity comes, don't miss it. Amen. 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 That's great. Amen. Thank you. Please let's be up on our feet shortly.